The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss what customer loyalty looks like in a post-pandemic world. Joining us is Paula Thomas, who is the founder of Let's Talk Loyalty, which is a podcast for anyone who wants to learn about how to earn more loyalty from their customers. And in addition to providing us with our guest today, Let's Talk Loyalty and Paula are also sponsors of the MarTech Podcast. And today, Paula and I are going to discuss content's role in loyalty marketing. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Paula Thomas, the founder of Let's Talk Loyalty. Paula, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. I'm so happy to see you, Ben. It's really great chatting with you always. So thanks for having me back. I feel like I see you every day. We talk all <laughs> the time now. You're a member of our sponsorship program. Let me publicly say thank you for supporting our show and for coming back to talk to us a little bit more about loyalty marketing. It's great to have you back on the show. It's really exciting, Ben. And honestly, what you do with the MarTech podcast is exceptional. So super inspiring for me to learn from you and uh, yeah, be part of the journey. Well, look, I love what you do at Let's Talk Loyalty and let's dig a little into what's happening in the loyalty space. We're living in what we're now calling a post-pandemic world. Isn't that nice? We're post-pandemic now and marketing has changed a lot. So tell me first off quickly, what has changed for loyalty marketing now that people are getting back out into the real world? Well, it's a funny time for loyalty marketing, Ben, and I've often said it before, I got into loyalty marketing in the last big global crisis, 2008, and the world was literally falling apart in terms of recession. And clearly the pandemic was very destructive for all of us as well. But I'll tell you what does happen, Ben, is loyalty starts to shine because what brands start to realize is, oh my God, there's not as many customers out there. I can't afford to lose them. I better do something and pay attention. So we are a counter-cyclical industry, and as a result, it's been, I suppose, a super busy time. And I guess there's also a lot changing as well, Ben, because it's one thing to have the consistent kind of points and prizes and games and discounts and all of the kind of formats that we're very familiar with. But I think a lot is changing, I guess, in the industry. 
I think a couple of examples for you. One is the role of airline loyalty programs. And I know this is super relevant in terms of another podcast guest you were talking to recently. But I have to say for me, the first time I realized how valuable a loyalty program could be was when I was told that Qantas, obviously the airline of Australia, they earn more revenue selling loyalty points than all of their international flights combined. So that kind of blew my mind as a statistic. And that was like 10 years ago. But what happened in the pandemic was loyalty programs became the single most reliable asset that airlines could leverage in order to raise debt and raise finance to get them through the pandemic. So as a result of that, we started to see the valuations on loyalty programs coming through, in many cases, more valuable than the airlines themselves. And one statistic I love, Ben, is that the top 10 airline loyalty programs in the United States were worth a combined value of over $110 billion as loyalty programs. So that's been a big realization in terms of, oh, my God, there's real money here. (laughs) We thought the planes had all of the money, but actually, no, it's the points. So that's been super exciting. And there's another big topic as well, which is probably something that your audience is very familiar with. And that's the power of paid loyalty programs. So we're talking a lot about people subscribing and in unexpected ways. So it's not just Amazon Prime anymore. You can subscribe for unlimited coffee in your local coffee shop, for example. So yeah, there's some very interesting new models emerging for loyalty practitioners around the world. So, Paul, it seems like it's a great time for the loyalty programs and people working in the loyalty space. I think we need to separate out what drives customer loyalty, and then the business of loyalty programs. One thing that I specifically wanted to talk to you about today, outside of the business and sort of margins in running a a loyalty program, whether it be paid or whether it be something like an airline program, for the marketers listening to this show and they're thinking about how to drive customer loyalty, often we think about that as gamification, right? Points and reward systems. But we're seeing an interesting trend here using content for loyalty. So talk to me about content's role in loyalty marketing these days. It's a great question, Ben, and it's one that's very much an emerging trend. The first brand, I suppose, that I interviewed on Let's Talk Loyalty that really articulated it is a very famous UK retail brand in the pharmacy sector, which is called Boots. And it would be one of the most respected loyalty programs, extremely engaging. And for years, of course, it's had a very generous points program. It's now going into discounts, for example, as well for members. So it's definitely a very powerful model. But what is really interesting is that Boots are talking about, you know, content has a role to play because it achieves a couple of things. So any marketer knows that, first of all, what you want to do is you want to engage with your customer and you want to engage in a way that feels authentic. So I think we've all spent an awful lot of time and an awful lot of money, for example, doing things like social media. But actually what that doesn't achieve is really allow you to tell the story in the same way that, for example, a podcast might do. So clearly we're all fans of podcasts to drive loyalty. And I think we all know about videos and we know about all of these different formats. But I think it's the first time that we're starting to say within a loyalty program, first of all, content is sometimes and not always, but sometimes being incentivized. So for example, I interviewed a guy in South Africa and they had a very interesting case study where they want to educate people specifically about their banking services. 
And South Africa is a country where not everybody can even afford to have a bank account. But what they decided was actually content was a way to hook them in even before they were in the market for those banking services. But they gave them rewards in order to consume it. So essentially what they're doing was they were connecting with them, they were rewarding them and really building a relationship and starting to build a net promoter score with people who had never actually been customers of that business. So as I said, I'm seeing it in the UK, I'm seeing it in South Africa. And I know myself, actually, I have to say as a content creator, Ben, when you do meet somebody who does either read a book that you've written or listen to the podcast that you're producing, there is absolutely a relationship in place with those people that just wouldn't be there in any other way. So I think content is an extremely powerful way to create what we call emotional loyalty because I think we're all familiar with the transactional loyalty. So that's an industry term we would use for things like points and games and everything else. But yeah, we want to get more emotion, get connected with our members. What I'm hearing from you is that people are basically giving away some sort of value in exchange for consuming content with the idea that that content builds emotional resonance, affinity with the brand and understanding of products and services. So let's say hypothetically, I wanted to build in some content loyalty programs into the MarTech podcast. We've got 12 active sponsors right now, and I want our listeners to consume all of their content, and I'd be willing to give them some sort of reward. What is the technology stack? Sort of how do you put those programs together to reward people for the consumption of your content? Well, this is above my pay grade, I have to say, Ben. So I'm definitely not the person who talks about the tech stack at all. I'm very much on the proposition side. I will say that on our show, we have five different sponsors who are, I suppose, world leaders. For example, I work with a brand, Epsilon, who provide all of the Walgreens loyalty program. I work with another brand called Capillary Technologies, for example. They power the Domino's loyalty program. So certainly any of the guys that sponsor my show are very much, I suppose, able to build any proposition that I've ever given them as either a client or a consultant. So the tech stack is available and I suppose it does depend what industry you're in as well and what channel you want to incentivize. But yeah, plenty of solutions out there. So definitely we can talk about that offline. If anybody needs to be introduced, I can certainly make sure to introduce them to the right people. All right. So hypothetically speaking, you have some clients and there are other programs that you can connect to existing loyalty programs. Let's say anybody that listens to this podcast, right? The dynamic is I want to ask a question on the podcast and if they answer it correctly on a form, then they are given some sort of loyalty reward. So, hey, anybody who tells me the answer of two plus two can go to martechpod.com slash Paula. And if you enter the correct answer, you'll be rewarded with $4 of Walgreens points. <laughs> Hint, the answer is four. That is essentially the dynamic people are setting up to consume content. They're using some sort of outside of the content trigger to enable the rewards to be redeemed. Well, I think it's important to make the distinction, Ben, that there are plenty of loyalty programs creating content that is not incentivized in any way. So the role of content on its own is a driver of loyalty because it already ticks those boxes that we talked about. It gives you the opportunity to engage in a loyalty program, maybe, for example, when I'm not flying or I'm not going to the pharmacy, but I do want to actually understand a little bit more about the skin cream. So the content is already something that many brands are doing. 
And then, as I said, I'm advocating, let's reward and incentivize that behavior because fundamentally, our industry is about driving what we would always say is, of course, profitable behavior change. And in the past, that profitable behavior has been exclusively defined as a transaction. So somebody books a flight or they buy something in the store. But I think we're realizing now there is value in advocacy. There's value in being educated. So there's lots of other behaviors that are non-transactional that loyalty programs can think about as a way to build loyalty with their brands. So for the brands that don't have an existing loyalty program, but have lots of content, how would you advise them to go and set up a loyalty program so they can incentivize their prospects to consume more of their content and build that brand advocacy and affinity that we all want? My favorite piece of advice, Ben, is don't start with the technology. And I know I'm on a technology podcast. <laughs> You're killing me, Paula. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But I'm genuinely saying what really is super important, I think, for consumers is to feel like that they're being heard feel like they're being seen and that actually what they care about is what the loyalty program is tapping into. So there are lots of consultants out there, as we know, some of them in very big consulting firms. But my advice would always be to find somebody who is a loyalty consultant, but has been a practitioner running their own loyalty programs, ideally, of course, for a couple of decades. So the more expertise that you can avail of before you decide to go and build a tech stack is first of all, decide the loyalty proposition. And that has to go through a very comprehensive and well-considered piece of research. And I do think that actually relates directly back to the COVID thing that we talked about. So during COVID, people started to question and reevaluate, who do I want to do business with? So I think it's important to listen to them and take into account what is it that these people care about within our brand. And then you go looking to amplify it build the actual format, the mechanics, again, whether it's games or points or content, what exactly am I building for my audience? And then you go to market with a big RFP and you get some wonderful technology from plenty of the guys that we both know and love. I guess my big question here is when you're trying to incentivize people to consume your content with the loyalty and rewards program, it seems like that is something that is specifically focused on people who are already aware or in your loyalty program. Is there a way to do this where you're attracting new prospects, right? If I want everybody to start building MarTech loyalty reward points, it's probably not something that's going to be super interesting to people that aren't avid listeners of our show. So how can you incentivize new prospects, not people that are in your existing funnel or already your customers to earn loyalty by consuming content? I think you're probably aware of the whole idea of net promoter score. And that's exactly what we're, I suppose, keen to drive is advocacy and promoters. So I can guarantee the people who listen to your podcast know lots of other people who should listen to your podcast. So the idea is to harness the existing listeners and give them a reason to go and advocate and say, you know what, the MarTech podcast is exactly what you should be listening to. And here's a benefit for you. And here's a benefit for me. The other piece I really like, I suppose, more on the consumer side is the whole, I suppose, again, softer piece back to the emotional loyalty idea. So sharing is caring. And some of the programs I've talked to some of the people on our show is where you might want to give somebody a reward that they actually can't use at all. 
I did a lot of consulting work, for example, building loyalty programs in convenience retail. And sometimes we would actually give a gift of a free cup of barista crafted coffee, but actually you can't choose it yourself. You have to gift it to somebody else. And that other person in order to accept it actually has to also be a member of the loyalty program. So yeah, there's lots of ways that we would call refer a friend, I guess. And it's a case again of back to the insight. What can I use to understand what will motivate both parties in order to take that initiative? You know, often we think about creating our content. We want prospects to consume it, to be aware of our brand. So we build thought leadership, affinity, know, like, trust. And sure, we want people to organically discover our content, but maybe sometimes they just need a little push, a little reward, a little incentive. And merging your loyalty programs together with your content marketing strategies is a great way to not only help distribute your content, but also to build more affinity early on by providing those rewards up front. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Paula Thomas, the founder of Let's Talk Loyalty. Join us again tomorrow when Paula and I continue our conversation talking about Web3's role in loyalty marketing. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Paula, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can visit her website, which is letstalkloyalty.com. You could also search whatever podcast app you're using for Let's Talk Loyalty if you want to start following Paula's podcast. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.